This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, cup calamities can't cost United. And D must show their metal at Steelmen. Hello and welcome to this week's Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and podcasting with me today are Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And George Cran, who is actually here, but after the disastrous events at Palmerston last weekend, we've bound and gagged them so we can't <laughs> speak. <laughs> now, he's actually got tonsillitis. Genuinely has lost his voice for all this. Yes, he's lost his yeah. voice, so there's no point in him turning up. Which is what we say most weeks. <laughs> but this week, there's, got, there's a good reason for that. And seeing as George is not here, we'll speak about that disaster at Palmerston Allen. You were there. Read your report. Someone did. Not the worst, but many did. <laughs> not the worst performance, but careless, was it? Yeah, I suppose you could put it that way. A little bit of carelessness and wastefulness and a little bit of young Harry Stone having the absolute performance of his life. It was um, an extraordinary goalkeeping display from a, a young man who there actually has been quite a bit of hype about from you know when I was on the, the Edinburgh beat, a, a young keeper coming through, idolising Craig Gordon, very much the same sort of um, build, all limbs, uh, that kind of a, a goalkeeper. And... Uh, well, you wouldn't say he's got the same shot-stopping ability. The amount of shots he did stop on Saturday was uh, staggering. The, the BBC stats put it at 35 shots from United and 18 on target. Um, people at United actually think it's a bit more. Um, obviously, without them giving me their Y-Scout login, I can't uh, verify, uh, verify that. But it's um, it was um, a, a very frustrating afternoon for those of a United persuasion, I would say. And... Um, what I'm reluctant to do is to write that off and say, well, they, they played brilliantly, just didn't take their chances because that's a that's a stupid thing to say because taking your chances is a pretty big part of this sport. So um, that is a it's a criticism, and they should have done better. In to front paraphrase Kylian Mbappe on Tuesday night after the Newcastle game, he just honestly said, "We shouldn't have that many chances and not score." Yeah, we're quality, and that applies to United at their level, doesn't it? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. They should have made more of their chances of their territory and they should have defended better at the other end. Um, um, that's a couple of games now against League One opposition where they've been a, a little bit, um, I wouldn't say wobbly because they were solid for the majority of the game, but in terms of the goals, they conceded wobbly at the back. So um, things to work on, but what, what I would say is, and uh, uh, you know, you, you'll get a natural reaction from fans that are uh, humiliated and embarrassed and don't like the fact they've been put out of the Scottish Cup such a big deal uh, by a League One team but what I would say is I think anyone who was at that game will acknowledge that it wasn't an, an aberration um, in terms of those who weren't at the game might have a slightly different per perception of it but it was um, it was one of the, the stranger games I've been at just in terms of the sheer flow of chances and there comes a point and we've probably all been at games like this when you kind of think we're kind of living in this young goalkeeper's narrative today like yeah. he is destined to be the hero this afternoon and when he, he made an unbelievable 
low reflex stop in the 117th minute from Chris Mockery. It's, you know, Mockery, no backlift, got a really sharp shot away, the kind of shot that usually surprises a goalkeeper. Stone somehow gets his frame down to that and, and parries it away. And at that point, you're just thinking, this is just this kid's day. You know, it's... and. You don't want to be a slave to, to fate or anything, but you, you did feel like a horrible cliche, but it, is, it was one of those days for United. But as I say, that's not to make excuses. They should have been more clinical, should have defended better. That's two defeats in a row, not great. But um, it wasn't a disastrous performance. It really, really wasn't. Yeah, and Bear, without pretending it's the crisis of all crisis, because, mm -hmm. uh, but it is Dundee United. They shouldn't lose to a struggling League One team. And they have put pressure on themselves. It's great. I mean, they've, they've lost as many goals in the last two cup ties as they have in the league all season. Mm. And it does put unnecessary pressure on themselves now going into what is... I mean, I've looked, they've got uh, Morton away this weekend, Air at home and then Wraith at home. Now, unlike managers, we don't need to take it one game at a time. But I would say if you take nine points from those games... You can, as long as your attitude's right, you can basically cruise the rest of the season because you know the gap. I mean that in the, be in the best yeah. sense of the word and that you just focus on, right, let's keep doing what we're doing <laughs> and don't you don't have to look at anyone else because the gap would be bigger by definition because the third of those games is Wraith at home. And you could put yourself in a hugely yeah. commanding position, but you wanted to go into that period in the league on the back of two cup wins, yeah. and instead it's the back of two cup defeats. Yeah, uh, I mean, nine points from those games. I mean, Dundee United Dundee, Dundee, Dundee fans and, and manager Jim Goodwin would bite your arm off for that at this point. Your arm and half your body, I would, I would imagine. Um, unnecessary pressure, but, you know, it's, it's, it's probably, they've not they've not seen that pressure since early doors in the season, to, um, going way back to the League Cup section when, when they had a poor start to that. And, you know, it's... I warned last week about the Scottish Cup. I know that Queens had been struggling. I didn't. I said United by two yeah. minimum. No, I always think when you're going down, especially to play on plastic, it's a tricky place to go. But the biggest thing for me was Dungeon United had to win the game. Mm -hmm. The Scottish Cup, I warned about penalty kicks, the scenario of penalty kicks. I think it gives it gives lesser teams a slight advantage and as much as they can have a day like mm -hmm. look, Queens obviously had. The keeper has an absolute stormer. It goes to penalties, and it's anyone's game from that point on. So said, On that subject, I haven't looked at the stats, but my feeling about it since they started saying mm. this is a one-game competition, yeah. more games are going to penalties, and there's there's definitely pressure on the, the bigger team, isn't there? There is, but that, you know that from the outset, so you've got to go and win the game. Mm -hmm. a, a, you know, a draw, and it's anybody's game. That's that's what I would, I would say to these teams, and... Uh, yeah, fair play to Queens for 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 putting in a performance they did. And I, I never actually saw the game. Um, the keepers had an absolute stormer by all accounts, and and we've seen that scenario play out before, yeah. Tom. Um, but looking at Dundee United, um, that's six goals I think in in two games that, that they've, they've shipped, and uh, that's not been like them at all no. this season. That's something that they need to get sorted quickly because okay, defeat to Falkirk. You know, as a as a slight concern, they then lose in the Scottish Cup, which is a massive competition for Dundee United and their fans. And yeah, although the vast majority of the vast majority of their fans wouldn't have been at Palmerston, you know, but it's still a sore one for them to take. If it comes 
a bit of a crisis. If they go down to Greenock on Saturday, which is a tough, tough, it's not the game I would have picked to try and bounce back no. from at Capital. It's a, Morton have been struggling this season, yeah. but Greenock is notoriously tough to go and get a result. I but must I, admit, I didn't yeah. look at Saturday's fixture until this morning because yeah, yeah. I was a bit fed up with United after uh, last Saturday. Yeah. And I went, mm. it's not one you would. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the, the pitch is normally okay, but the environment, it's always a tough place. You know, it's always a tough place to go and get a result. But if they don't get a victory and, and the, uh, the slight of defeat, it does become a crisis. But we are in crisis yes. terms. That's where we're at at this point in time. We're not there yet. But they're moving towards that, and uh, uh, that's that's something that Jim Jim Goodwin will be totally aware of. And you know, he'll be working hard this week to get get his team back to where they were before the Falkirk game and get get their minds back on the defensive solidity, which has given them a platform to go and pick up so many points this season. But as you say, you know, you just mentioned three games. If they can get nine points from that, I'm not sure if they would cruise in from there because because Wraith. I'm sticking with the one by October, yeah, so I'm going to go for the ninth. Wraith Rovers are are, are making a, a fair fist of it, but they just need to get back on it, Sam, this week and, and show that those two cup ties were well just a blip. The thing that Bear mentions there that I think spot on is the defensive solidity to get back to. I know we're talking about missed chances, so obviously mm. that's something they'll look to fix, but. Uh, from a, a simplistic point of view, just the back to basic stuff. Don't concede silly goals because that is the one thing that Morton will test them on. Um, Morton's uh, corner kick routines, their physicality. I watched their their game you know, uh, recently against Dunfermline that they, they lost two one, and the last half an hour was just bombardment, bombardment, mm -hmm. and they put it. I've never right. seen a game at Capello where the ball no. isn't in the away team's box. And they just they put deliveries right on top of the goalkeeper, get bodies around, and big boys attacking for everything. And United need to be conscious of that. Need to defend well. Don't give away sloppy corner kicks. Don't give away sloppy fills around the box to give Morton encouragement. And if they do that basic element of the game right they will win it because I think, I mean, even on a day when they missed a hat full of chances, they still scored two goals on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Dundee United will score goals over the course of a 90-minute game because of the, the quality they have on their side. They just need to uh, cut out the cut out the wee defensive errors that have slipped in in the last couple of games. And I don't think that's something that's... I don't think that's something that's difficult to address, to be perfectly honest, because you would just point at, you know, the whatever, 19 games prior to the most recent two and say... You know, you have done it this season, so um, just get you know get get back to that and then put a wee bit of renewed focus on that because we know how strong Dundee United can be defensively. And it's a plus. I mean, everybody has bad games. Nobody's nobody's perfect, but the plus uh, a big help for Jim Goodwin. He's got guys like Declan Gallagher and Kevin Holt who yeah. can work out for themselves what they've been doing wrong. And, yeah. Uh, well, Gallagher last Saturday, if he did do anything wrong, and and Holt the lap played both the cup ties. It helps when you've got experienced players because experienced players can tend to calm themselves down a bit quicker and work out how to get back to doing what they're good at. Yeah, I've also mentioned in, in previous episodes that Dundee United have got a team full of you know pretty bad losers, so um, and people with the right character and a real determination. And I'd imagine their pride will probably be hurting a wee bit. I've imagine it's a grumpy place. Exactly. This yeah, weekend. I Should think be. I think they're and that can go one of two ways. You can get some dressing rooms might sulk about that and morale might take a blow. I don't think that's the sort of dressing room Dundee United have at all at the moment. I think there'll be a um, a frustration, a, a, an anger, and uh, as I say, there'll be some 
um, determination to, to put that right. So see, you know, it's good. See if you are wound up about losing a game, um, the, the right way to channel that is to be uh, determined to put it right in your next game and not make the same mistakes again and make sure you uh, respond properly. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that Dundee United have got a, a dressing room that can um, produce that sort of response because you can't let it become a malaise, as, as Bear says. You know, when you're a club the size of Dundee United playing your football in the Championship, things can spiral quite quickly mm -hmm. in terms of the perception from your own fan base and even from the outside. So you don't want to let a blip become a um, a, a kind of momentum loser. Is it is another thing about it, does it, is it helped by the fact that Jim Goodwin rebuilt his squad largely over the summer? Because this is maybe a bigger <laughs> crisis for people like us and the United fans because we're, we're sitting here going, what happened last season? <laughs> a couple of bad results, and then the whole season fell away. But these uh, over half that squad are not tainted by that brush because it didn't yeah, happen to them. Yeah, there, there is that. There's a lot to be said for that. My fans tend to think like think the worst, hope for the best, you know, but worry about worry about what might go yeah. wrong. Um, you know, are we going away to suddenly collapse and and, and allow Wraith Rovers to take command of this 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 title race? Um, I just don't see it happening. Damn it. I mean, we've spoken about a couple of guys, but, you know, United are literally experienced through that team, and you're right, a lot of them are new players. They're not carrying that weight of from last season, but you always carry the weight of expectation at yeah. Tandice, which United are going to have to carry this season because they are the biggest club in the Championship. They're expected to get to the title. They're in number one position at the moment. Um, they've swept all before them, but they've just had a wee hiccup. And, and you know, it's that, that's what happens in football, and... I think what Jim Goodwin, they've been working this week on the goals they've lost. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll work defensively um, on what has gone wrong and try to put certain things right. But he's just has to, he'll be speaking to his players and, and reminding them how well they've done this season, Alan, in, in league games and, and, you know, how solid they have been. And look at the positives, you know, there's still positives to take from the game at Kunis. Kai Fotheringham and another two goals. This guy is emerging as a real star for Dundee yeah, United. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he's emerging as well. You saw, 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 I've just seen the, the goals, you, that, which is what you know a lot of people will just see. Another couple of goals from this young man. He is emerging as a real star, a real key player for them. And it looks as if when Louis Moe is, isn't buying them in, or Tony Watt, or, or maybe some of the other players, Chris Mockery, Kai Fotheringham is one you can turn and you can rely on now to get your goals at this level. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a case of creating chances and opportunities for him. And you expect Dundee United to do that, even though they're way at a tough place like Morton. Um, you expect Dundee United to create chances, and this young man can get them get them goals. And I think it is a case, ideally, you know, you want to get in front at Capital. That's going to be the yeah. secret on Saturday. You don't want to give yourself a bigger I'm looking at the going table here, I was going to say, you get in front at Capital. We, we're talking about the pressure on United, the expectation, the fact of had two bad results, mm. they're, they're top of the league, but... Morton, Morton go a goal behind on Saturday. They're thinking we could be yeah. five, six points adrift yeah. at the bottom by the end of the day. And Morton would be tipped as a playoff yeah. team at the start of the season. There's pressure on the manager because of that. There's pressure on the players. So you, you can never forget. There's whenever there's a football game played in front of people and there's it's competitive. There's pressure on both teams. Yeah, there will be pressure on Dougie Emery. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got a great deal of wiggle room just at the moment no. in terms of 
Um, I'm sure the board at Capital will be looking at the response that Inverness have got from Duncan Ferguson. They'll be looking at a broth about to um, appoint their new manager and think that could be a new manager bounce. And yeah, there will be... Incidentally, um, I think he's a, it's a shame because he's got the makings a right good manager. I think Doug Emery's done a, a fantastic uh -huh. job. Um, I, I think Morton would already be a League One team if not for Doug Emery. And the resources aren't exactly um, abundant at Capolo these days. But nevertheless... Uh, such as football that uh, should this carry on much longer the board will say what is the one thing we can do and that ultimately always at any club has changed the manager whether whether it should be the case or not so yeah there will be a lot of pressure on Morton and to um, if United can get a couple of early goals then you'd imagine that that stadium could become a fairly unpleasant place to be um, for the, the home side so that'll be something they're looking to do and I know it's been coloured by the last couple of games but United on their travels in the championship this season have been fabulous, yeah. largely. Um, they've shown an ability to get ahead and turn the screw uh, during several um, away games this season. And that will certainly be something they're they're looking to do again. But to circle back on, on what Bear said about Kai Fotheringham, quite aside from his, his two goals, it's incredible when you see what confidence does for a young player. And we're maybe seeing the same to an extent with Luke McCowan at, at Dundee. And it's... Every time he picked up the ball, the it was drive forward and take a man on. There was no second thoughts about it at all. Is it was what can I do to get past my man or to cut them open or to have a shot? Everything was so positive, so confident, and that's just um, that's a player that's not only flying for his club. He's obviously been away with the under twenty ones and really taken a lot from that experience as well. And yeah, that was as it probably should be against a League One opposition um, was probably the best that I've seen Kai in terms of he was just head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. I was going to say, I don't, I don't want to put too much pressure no. on a young player, but no. I don't care that much either. He's one, I, I go back to the Dunfermline game the other week. Before he scored in that game, almost everything he tried didn't come off. But A, he kept trying. And B, if, if I'm watching him, if I'm, if I'm sent there to watch that you know future opposition, I'm going back and saying, not much came off for that laddie, but he scored a goal. Mm -hmm. And what didn't come off were, were the right things he tries. Mm -hmm. what, what, I, what impresses me about him is to say, whether it comes off or not, you're not critical of what he's trying to do. He's he's a very intelligent yeah. player in the final third, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a he's got a, a knack of being in the right place at the right time. Um, it's funny because you look at him as a, as a winger and he isn't the fastest winger you've ever seen in your life. And also he's not... He's not cutting about doing stepovers and Zidane twirls and, and the kind of magical moments you'd expect from a winger. But he's a very outcome-orientated winger, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. He gets the ball out of his feet, he drives, he whips in deliveries, he has shots on goal, which I think is, is what you want as a striker. You know, you know a ball's coming into the box mm. quick and it's what you want as a manager because you know he's going to be finding pockets. And it's... I mean, it's, a, it's not a direct comparison, so for the love of God, don't use it as the headline. But to make a, like a, a ludicrous comparison, see, like Thomas Muller as a footballer, right? People would say, you can't really pinpoint what he's great at. Yeah. However, he's always there. Like He's made a career out of just popping up in the right spaces. And it's great strength to the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's you've, you've set the bar high there. <laughs> no. it's, it's not. He's <laughs> no. just he's, as I can. He's just the first. But I can't really think of many yeah, other no, more. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. He would be the elite example of a player that does that. And Kai Fotheringham 
in a championship football Dundee United context is kind of doing the same thing. He just like he pops up and you think, Christ, where, where, where did he come from? You know, but he's just drifted in and, and found the right spot. And that could be a that could be a form thing. You know, see when it's happening, it's happening. Yeah. We've all seen hot streaks. So well, his, his goal at Dunfermline that other week, he's never picked up. He's he, he he's travelled the furthest to any player into the box. Yeah. And he's not picked up, and that's a great, great knack for mm -hmm. us. Wide players couldn't do that. Previous days at United, Noel Hunt had that. Noel mm -hmm. Hunt wasn't the most naturally gifted player, but he'd wander, he'd wander in from when the ball was on the opposite side of the park. And United scored so many goals either directly from him or from touches by him at the back well, post. What, that gives defenders a problem. And players coming from wide areas because you're. Who's picking? Who's yeah. actually marking this guy? Uh -huh, you know, yeah. and he's obviously got an eye for for a goal as well, which is uh, which is terrific. I think he's on cloud nine at the moment. Yes. What's happened this season? You can see that. But I also think now he's. I think he, he feels he's part of this team. Mm -hmm. I think he feels he's an integral part of this team as well. He deserves to be there. He's there on merit. He's producing every single week. I think the fans. And mm. now looking to him to, to get goals, and that brings its own pressure with it. Like you say, you don't want to pin too much on his mm. shoulders, but I think he's taking it all in, in its stride. And uh, yeah, and it was—I mean, it was outrageous, Valent, to compare him with Thomas Muller. <laughs> but let's let's be honest about it. He's a player that's playing on the right that comes in and yep. scores lots of goals. He's United's Mo Salah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that one, son. <laughs> as I say, there's always—we uh, you know—we've all seen players that are on a hot streak, and things tend to fall for yeah. you. The, the key is consistency. That's that's what's happening. It's a, a young player who's having a good uh, two months with Dundee United, but a player that can potentially cement himself in the starting eleven, hopefully as a Premiership team, and then potentially move down south or, or, or the likes. That's that's the difference. So uh, hopefully he, he carries on, and I get the feeling he probably will because from speaking to Kai quite a bit, he's a he, a lot of humility there, a lot of humility and hard work underpins yeah. the form that he's got, and I think that will take you a long way in this game. And he's got a wee bit about him as we saw yes. again, going back to that Dunfermline mm -hmm. game. He, let, he was getting a lot of stick, <laughs> and he let them know. Yeah, which is not something that I condone uh, uh, automatically. But when you're getting stick, if you, fans are giving you stick, yeah, as long as it's not overboard, you're allowed to let them know when you do something good. Yeah, and and he's do, he's doing the best thing ever, you know, to you know to. To answer them back by sticking the ball in, in the opposition net more often than not. Tom. I don't always feel it's payback time, and and a player's been getting a lot of uh, abuse from from opposition supporters. If he, if he manages to score, I think he's entitled to go and turn them and maybe say, "Well, there you go, then have that sort of thing um, in the kindest possible way." But yeah, he's, he has been the star for Dundee United this season. He's been he's been pretty consistent. I've got to say in his level of of performance, um, maybe when a few others have dropped off a wee bit, but. Uh, yeah, Kai Fordham is well part of this United team now going forward. There's no doubt about that. And at the same time, we hope that his form continues. Jim Gooden will be looking for a bit of leadership from his experienced men, which in the league certainly hasn't been lacking this season. Shouldn't be an issue. Tom, with the guys you've got, you know, the, we spoke about Holt um, uh, and Gallagher at the back, the goalkeeper's experience. He's got Sybold and Doherty in front of him. They've got more. Tony Watts obviously got. Has he got a problem at this point? In yeah, time? he's got a slight dro uh, groin niggle. He's yeah. uh, was due to see a specialist this week, but the, I think the the prognosis they're expecting from the specialist is, you know, he should be fine yeah. to resume at some point next week. So, um, and they've got people that can come into that position. They've got a right, they've got a right good balance of experience and and youth in there, and even the guys, 
that he would regard as, you know, maybe not so experienced. They've all had good game time this season, yeah. Tom. And it's, it's really just a case of getting United... To get them going again, they need a victory. They need a victory at Capolo and all will be well. Yeah. But right. to, to get a victory at Capolo, they have to work for it. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, I think the game probably can't come quick enough for Jim Goodwin and his team. They'll be looking to set the record straight. I've got to say... Uh, Morton had a good win on Saturday. I know it was a Scottish Cup. I think it was against Bowness or something mm -hmm. like that. I know it was a good cup tie for them to have mm -hmm. because it gave them a comfortable win. They, they, they got a few goals. I think it was four now. I think that um, Muirhead, who I'm a big fan of, uh, and George Oakley, who I'm also a fan of, I think they can give defenders a handful. They were on the score sheet in that game, um, but they haven't done it enough this season for me, Morton. And I expect Dundee United to, with ability and the experience in their team, to go down there and get a result on Saturday. And Without wishing to put any more pressure on United, I think we've seen enough from Wraith in recent weeks that mm -hmm. even if their limited squad in terms of numbers costs them in the end, they're not going anywhere for a while, are they? No, they're, I mean, they're Scottish Cup exploits. We know we've talked about Dundee United long enough, but that 3-0 win over Dunfermline was fantastic. And it showed not only the, the quality they had on their side, but... It showed a real brightness and versatility from the manager. Yeah. You know, changing shape when required. The players took to their new duties brilliantly. And they're a team that's flying at the moment. Confidence is, is floating. They've got a bit of a... I would say they've got a bit of a swagger about them as a club in general at the moment. You know, their social media output and things like that is quite sort of combative and good and, and, and humorous. Um, having pops at, at, at kind of other clubs and, and things. And... I'm sure they'll all be keeping the receipts um, for for that. It should it all um, go the wrong way for Wraith Rover. Yeah. But at the same time, it's <laughs> it's, it's good fun. Yeah, it is. It's and it's indicative of a club that is um, in a good place at the moment. It's confident. It's as I say, it's got a swagger about it. So they are a dangerous foe. And the one thing that you don't want is to uh, take Wraith Rovers' glimmer of hope and make that more by your own failings. You don't want to leave the door open for Wraith Rovers to be able to say, let's build even more momentum because they're wobbling. You know, that that's what you, you want to avoid. These two cup games have had absolutely no bearing on who's going to get to the championship, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the premiership next season. That's what needs to be remembered. No bearing whatsoever. So United need to get back to it and not give a very, very dangerous Wraith Rovers side any more encouragement than, than they've had already because... Um, there is a, there's something special happening at Starks Park this season. Yeah, funnily enough, you 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 could see a situation where Ian Murray at Wraith, Jim Goodwin at uh, United this weekend. Ian Murray possibly will be the one that mentions the cup exploits more from the point of view of it doesn't mean anything today because this is what this is what we're yeah absolutely this is the big thing. He'll. I'm sure he'll remind these players that the, the cup is great, but it's a bonus. Mm. Uh, they've got themselves in a great position in the league and they have to keep that going. Yeah, and, and they're still... The big thing from Dundee United's perspective, though, is Wraith Rovers are chasing. Yeah. Wraith Rovers are always chasing. And Dundee United have got to remember that the pressure is on Wraith Rovers to keep up with, with Dundee United at this point in time. Although I agree with Alan, and I watched the game against... the. Uh, Dunfermline, they were fantastic. You know, they I really thought they are a, they're, they're a slick, slick side. They move, they move the ball well. They move around well. They rotate their positions within the team, and yeah. they're they're a really, really good side. But I still think Dundee United are a better side. Tom, yeah. When you see it, so Dundee United have just got to hold their nerve on Saturday and keep putting pressure on Wraith Rovers. As I say, I think 
the, the squad size could come back to bite Wraith. I felt last season, going back to Dundee, the, th- the thing that got Dundee over the line last season ultimately was the size of squad they had. Mm-hmm. And they had a massive squad at Dens Park. Had a mass- I, I, yeah. I look at Wraith, I think they've maybe got you know, four or five subs on the bench and then you go beyond that and you really are, you're, you're struggling to sort of... Yeah, the, the, I think last Friday night, if Wraith used yeah. all their subs that would involve cha- yeah. changing the goalkeeper. The, the problem you've got is you're struggling to replace quality with the similar sort yeah. of quality and, and in the end, that that could be what, what tells for Dundee United. But uh, no, the, fair play to Wraith, they, they've, they've made a good job of keeping this championship <laughs> title race alive this season because without them, it would honestly by now be a one-horse race. Which some of us say it is. <laughs> Which you keep skipsing all along, I've got to say. I, I, I must admit... And I, you keep bringing it up as well, I've got to I'm, say. <laughs> I, I'm still... Uh, I'm not saying I'm unconcerned by the last two games, but I've still got this quiet calmness that I don't associate with myself when it comes to the Dundee clubs <laughs> that I just think United... And I'll, I'll say this, a lot of games that United have won, and even have won by a few goals... I've looked at them and thought, you could do more with the ball. Hmm. You could you could have done more in this game in possession. But until those last two games, and, and I'm going, I'm dismissing them, I'm sticking with their league form. Without the ball, I just think they're such a strong team. Hmm. And when it, they'll, they'll come, I, I tend to think, and I'm, I'm not dismissing Wraith at all because I think they've been excellent, but they need to play at that level to get results the way they play. United can have a quiet game in possession, like they did down at Dunfermline, and still win, and you think, well, you deserve to win, and you were quite comfortable mm. because of their work. So if they get back to that organisation and determination off the ball, I'm, I'm still very confident about United. Yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with most of what you've said there, but I would say that game at... But time, your job's on the line, that, <laughs> like, so it's worse for you. That game at... Not quite on the line. Do you know that? I don't. Did I not tell you? I've got an envelope. (laughs) (laughs) It's. um, I'm looking at that that Race Rovers game um, at Tannadice, and it is. um, What I would say is, I don't think you want Race Rovers within one win of Dundee United when they come to Tannadice. Yes, because um, it would be a pressure-free environment for them, and I think Tannadice would be quite a nervous place. So. In the long run, I think Dundee United will win the league. I think they'll maybe even win it by a wee bit. Um, but in terms of the short term, I just I, I worry about giving this Rover side too much momentum while um, totally agree while they're while they're on a high. Um, it's a long old season to come, so that's a different question. But I wouldn't be giving them too much encouragement at the moment. I think that's the key priority for United. I mean, I have to say, if United go into that Wraith game four points ahead still, mm-hmm. even even allowing for the fact that Wraith have a game in hand. I then think a draw, even though it's at Tannerice, is a better result for United because your Raither have to keep playing catch up, and the longer you play that, the, yeah. the harder it is to cope. And hey, some teams do cope with mm-hmm. it; you never know, but it, it keeps the pressure on them. Moving over the road to Dundee Bear, since George is not here, you're, in the, you're in the spotlight. Although there is a spare microphone here but producer Megan still refuses to use it oh she's glaring she'd, she'd put us all you to shame with exactly. her knowledge yeah. exactly. well why doesn't she that's why I say save us speaking we could sit here drinking coffee <laughs> bear it I was yeah. a bit back to type uh, for Dundee on Saturday they seem to play well against Hibs uh, and we keep saying this 
their form in terms of general play, apart from that one Rangers game, there's been very few major dips this season. No. But it was, a, it was a defeat and it was a wee bit disappointing. Yeah, it was a defeat in the end. It was a really exciting finish, I've got to say, with the way things panned out. Um, you know, uh, obviously Dundee are 2-0 down and uh, Hibs get Lewis Miller sent off. And, ah, who'd, and it, who'd be a manager? The boy's booked and he gets sent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a booking. Yeah. It's yeah. such a it's, soft It's booking. soft. Both bookings were quite... I like Lewis Miller. He's a big, he's a big unit and, he, you know... He, He's a big lad, scored a fantastic goal, I've got to say. We'll, come, we'll, come, we'll come on to that. You, oh. you see that, I mean, I was you a goal. You could see the sponsor's logo, yeah. he was that high above <laughs> was, everyone it else. It was, it was a bad goal from, Dundee haven't been losing goals like that this season from set plays, but when you see the, the leap, I mean, he's head and shoulders above, uh, it might be John McGee, I don't know, but and, and, and to find the top corner with, with the head, there's a fantastic goal. Um, but, you know, saying that Dundee got back into the game, uh, Owen Beck, I would say, I would say to Dundee fans, enjoy him nah. while we can because he is an absolutely he's, outstanding he's no there player. next season. He is unbelievably good to him. And it, he, I know he's still a young, young man, but he has every every attribute going. You know, he's, I think he's still a bit physically, he has to develop a bit. He has to improve defensively, but everything else is unbelievably good at this level of football, Alan. And you, He's just destined for for better things: his drive, his passion, determination. He obviously, most has, to, he obviously has to learn English. Yeah, he's obviously a Welsh speaker because yeah. he's expressed his yeah. love for the Dundee fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good on him. And most obviously, of, does not understand what they're shouting. No, no, no. That's <laughs> probably why. That was yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's all good things. I've got to say, um, we've seen some fullbacks in the past get, get a bit of stick from that south enclosure, but um, he's certainly not one of them. He's just destined to play at a higher level. The only thing, I mean, I, I know he's at the same club, but he's so, so like Andy Robertson. It's just, it's, it's incredible. You know, you know, the way Andy Robertson played at Dungeon United in those early, early years, and I just say, just enjoy him while we can. Mm -hmm. Scored a fantastic goal, got Dundee back in the game. You know, and from that point on, it was like the Alamo. And, and as I said, I spoke to Alan before we came on air. Dundee had so many opportunities to, to get an equaliser, but through one thing or another, um, Hibs, to be fair, defended well. David Marshall pulled off a few a few fine saves in the game. They, they didn't get it, and it was a setback for them. And there was a couple of things that I took from the game, and, and you, I go right back to the start of the game. Dundee's, Dundee have played the season pretty much on the back foot. They've allowed teams to come at them, Tom, and, and it's worked for them in a, in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. But I think... When you're playing, Dundee started off really on the back foot and allowed Hibs a real foothold in the game. Now, I, I, see when you play the old firm at, at Danes or, you know, sure, allow them to make passes on the ball. Yeah. But when you're playing any other team at home, you've got to be more, you know, aggressive towards them. And they allowed Hibs, maybe a Hibs team, I mean, they weren't doing too much with the ball, but they were making umpteen passes. Everybody got a touch and Dundee were sitting off them. And, and it gives them a bit of confidence straight away. Um, and they were the better team in the first... 15 minutes or so because Dundee didn't really press them enough and they got punished for it they got I, punished I, I, I saw the opening goal and I thought that's a lovely goal to look uh, at but well, from uh, a defensive point it was, of view I mean, the, the word that sprung to mind was tackle yeah, there, well, was, there wasn't a tackle be, in the whole move to be fair, Malachi, from inside the Malachi Boateng as Jir Tavares who I didn't know too much about to be to be fair prior to the game but I knew plenty about him after the game he Aye. had a fantastic game for Hibs and he, and he, he went wide and he and he gets the better. Boateng goes in and he, and he spins him and he's away, and basically plays the ball down the line. 
he continues his run. It's a lovely ball across the box. A great step over from the Hibs, Hibs player, and, and he's running into the box. Continues running and finishes, finishes well. But that Dundee just took too long to get going. And I, uh, you know what? I looked at that goal and it immediately reminded me of when I started way back in the late eighties yeah. of the complaint, the most uttered complaint by former players at that time was players now, and it's continued. Yeah, it's got worse if you like. Players now, players on the park don't take responsibility. They, they listen to what their instructions are and they stick. And I thought, Tavares makes his pass just inside the Dundee mm-hmm. half and makes a direct run off the ball for the box. Somebody in dark blue has got to say, this boy's heading for the box. Somebody's sure. got to pick him up and yeah, nobody but, did. No, no. But, but I think what happens is obviously as a defender, you're looking at the ball, the ball's going down the wing. Yeah. And that's what happens. You, you may be aware of Tavares coming into the box, but what completely bamboozles him, the ball's played across the box, and I, I'm not sure that it wasn't Martin Boyle, whoever was out, somebody else up front for Hibs, steps over the ball and that catches the whole defence going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Tavares is in it and finishes. Um, and Dundee took a shake to himself at that point in time because I think Tony Docker went, well, what's going on here? We're, we're, sitting, we're giving Hibs far too much respect. We're giving a good Hibs team. I spoke about Hibs at Easter Road. They're a good, good side. They if can you pass let Hibs the ball. play the ball. Yeah, player. they've got a lot of good movement about them. And But we're making them look a wee bit like world beaters. And, but then Dundee got themselves, you know, you know, back at, back into the game, not, not in terms of goals, but at least got a foothold in the game. And then they lose that second goal, as I say, from a corner kick, which just isn't like them at all. This season and give themselves a real a real mountain to climb, um, get the goal back through Owen Beck, who's who's been the star man, and then really pummel Hibs, pummel Hibs for the last twenty five mm. minutes. I mean, uh, even in the first half, I've got to say, as uh, you look at the stats, it was Dundee that had. I mean, Marshall had to make a couple of, a couple of fine stops, you know, and, and I think probably uh, Luke McCown should have done better when he was when he was right through on goal. He seemed to sort of get the ball stuck between his feet, but. Um, uh, they, they just give themselves a wee bit of too much to do and it, you know they ran out of time but it wasn't through lack of effort and to be fair to Tony Dock he changed that he brought on he brought on a few substitutes and uh, they all impacted the game Dundee were, Dundee were pressing as they were you know Hibs were down to 10 men anyway mm-hmm. so you would expect them to be to be sitting quite deep um, but they just I was one of these days Tom when despite all, all that pressure they just could not get that that goal and it was a bit of a setback because it would have been nice to sort of you know, coming back after after the break and they've been doing so well to get something else on the board, but they've just got to dust themselves down now for the trip to Motherwell on Saturday. I think there was only one thing that was missing from Owen Beck's time at Dundee so far, and that's a goal scoring touch. Yeah. You know, he's he's shown absolutely everything, but there's been a little element in his play that's when when his eyes should be lighting up and he should be finishing, he's not finished and he clearly has the technical ability to do so. So see now that he's got one goal, I'd be fascinated to see if that's I, I think he could I get another couple. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I really do. You um, see the way he took it. I mean he, he, as far as I've got to say, Charlie Riley came on and did really well in the fifteen minutes or so he was on the park. He set the goal up. He mm-hmm. made it a run across the box and, and kept his composure and played Beck in. Beck shoots, it's blocked. But while everybody's standing looking around, Beck's mm-hmm. got, his, got his balance and, and is able to lash it in. Yeah, but there's more to come. I just, right, yeah. You look at the positions he gets himself oh. into, you know, once he has that confidence and that swagger to finish, then... And it's funny you mentioned the Handy Robertson thing because every time that's mentioned, uh, understandably, it gets scoffs and people, you know... 
angrily taking to social media in response, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not a comparison of Andy Robertson, Liverpool and Scotland hero um, no. as he is now. You're talking about Andy Robertson as he was when he was mm -hmm. at Dundee United yeah. and he was learning his trade and he was promising he still had to go to Hull and you know get physically stronger and hone his skills even further. So we're talking about a comparison of their respective times in Dundee and I don't think it's that outlandish a comparison. No, no, I really don't. Hey, hey, let's be honest about well, you, you'd be disappointed if he didn't in some way remind you of Andy mm. Robertson because he's come through the ranks mm -hmm. at Liverpool. Now, yeah. and, and this is not a given, and I often think it should be, but, but players coming through at a young age at any club should remind you of the players in the same position at the first team because if they're going to be needed at some point, they should be able to fit into the system. Yeah. And, 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 the, and he, he does play like Andy Robertson, and he should play like Andy Robertson because he's a Liverpool kid. Well, that's right, uh, that's, that's what's attracted them to him because uh -huh. they've seen the way Jurgen Klopp wants Liverpool to play, high intensity, you know, the, the wide men pressing forward, whether it's defenders or whoever, you know. He's got that, and it's just, they're so similar. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's, it's, it's frightening. I, I would also say on the, on the goals thing, though, I, I won't hold my breath because going back to Andy Robertson at United, technically, I always thought he had... And, yeah. and when, he did, when he did and does score a goal, you think, that's a really well-taken goal. But I think in his head, he's not a finisher. Have, have you said that? You, Alan's, Alan's right about Beck's got more goals than but you would say that about Andy Robertson as well. Yeah, But he hasn't I mean. probably got as many goals as he probably because think I, he should. Because I, yeah. I think... I think his biggest obstacle when he's in a scoring position is his yeah. head because mm. he's not an actual yeah. goal scorer. He is, he is and he, a defender. Say, Andy and Robertson, might be the same. Yeah, Andy Robertson now further forward in his career. And, yeah. and he will, ultimately, when he's in a goal scoring position, he will be aware of players that are better finishers, maybe in a position and he passes And there, are, I mean, there yeah. are players who, who, build, who don't have confidence in their finishing and would always rather have a pass or a cross on yeah. than a shot. And, yeah. and and hopefully that's not the case with Beck and we do see more goals, yeah. but... I just I just feel just, just enjoy... It hasn't to be I'm, all and end I've got to say, just for Dundee fans, just enjoy, enjoy, watch, enjoy him. He is, and he's, he's good for the our Premiership as well because he adds a real touch of quality there. Well, I, I, I was just thinking there when we were speaking about Hibson, and we're, we're moaning, particularly early on Saturday, that Dundee didn't uh, cope with him in the defensive yeah. sense that they should have. But Hibs, Dundee and a few other teams in this Premiership right now, uh, and going ahead, it might be a bad thing. They can play decent football if you let them. And I, I mean, I, I was thinking coming in today, I would say this is the best Dundee team I've seen for 20 years. But it's still not 100% no. that they're not going to be battling against relegation because one way or another, there are from position five down, if you like, there are teams that can find a way to win games in that Premier League, right down to Livingston. Yeah. So it, it could still be a very no, no. tough season for Dundee, who, like I, for me, this is the the best Premier League Dundee team I've seen for mm. 20 years. I know yeah. he's not everyone's cup of tea, would... but Derek Adams worries me at Ross County. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to take them right out of it. Yeah, I think he fits there perfectly. That one during the week is a typical Derek Adams <laughs> result, I've got to say, in a game that's there's going to be a lot of scrappy games for Ross County, but you can see them under him coming out on top and, and more often than not in these sort of... So Dundee have got to keep their, keep their, their wits about them, Tom. I would say... You're talking about the best Dundee team for 20 years. I would say the, the team that Paul Hartley had at Dens just after they got promoted with, with Hemmings and Stuart up front, based on them, 
based on the, the attacking prowess they had, I think that, that was Take a better, point. Better, better attacking strength within that team. But overall, in general, yes, yeah, it's, it's a right strong Dundee team. But, you know, that, that was a setback on Saturday. Um, we've got to go down to Motherwell now, which is going to be tough and, and, mm-hmm. and try and get a result. Because Stuart Kettlewell, fantastic result of the weekend against Celtic. And albeit, he, I mean, you don't really want to look at the stats. The main start for, start for Stuart Kettlewell was... It was ones up. They got another point on the board, and I saw them. I think That's they, nine games out of win. Yeah, well, it is. They're, they're going through a tough time, but in, yeah. within that, they've, they've come back against St Johnston, I think, and, and got a result. I think they, they did similar at Ross County as well. They, they were flying at the start of the season, which yeah. was carried over from the end of last season. Um, but I never really expected them to continue that. But that, they do need a win, so it's a tough place for Dundee to go. But I think Dundee can go uh, in confidence. And, like Dundee United, and as much as you revert to type, what's what's done done well for you this season? You continue to try and do that, and they've they've gone to places, you know, you know, they went to Livingston and won. They've, they've gone to Easter Road and and and, and perform, performed well and got a point, you know, and uh, they even go to Parkhead, you know, they, they certainly didn't get run over the top of mm-hmm. it. So they go with that sort of knowledge that of the, of the play, and and don't give away sloppy goals, and and you know. I don't expect them to go at Motherwell, you know, gung-ho, but but have the sort of resilience that they've shown in the past, then they have players that, that, that can hurt Motherwell as well, you know, down there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for Dundee to get back on, on the bus on Saturday and back on the, on track and pick up a, a point or so. Well, is it a place on Saturday, Alan, that Dundee go, or anybody goes to Motherwell right now? And the one thing you don't want to do especially on the back of a good performance to get a draw at Parkhead, is you don't want to go behind. Mm-hmm. Because the longer the game goes level, the more pressure's on Motherwell mm-hmm. because they haven't won for so long. I also think there's more pressure on Motherwell because of the league table. It's, yeah. You know, Dundee have played a game fewer than Motherwell and are four points better off. That's a really good position yeah. to be going to Fur Park in because, as Bear says, you can go there and your first priority can be be resolute, don't do anything daft, don't lose the game, and it's a lot easier to play that way if ultimately mm-hmm. you don't have to yeah. win the game. Yeah. And Dundee are in that position where they don't really need to win the game. Mother will do. Mother will need to start making up ground and getting away from that bottom. So that um, you know that four point. I mean, it's too early to be discussing your, your gap away from potential ga- teams that that might be down the bottom. Should Dundee be there? But Mother will likely would perhaps be one of those teams if it comes to it. And being having a four point gap over them means that you can basically say. Don't give anything away. If we leave here with a point, it's a top result. Um, anything better, then uh, you know, even better. So, I, Dundee are, are going there in a, in a, in a positive, um, in a pro- positive position that will allow them to play the game they would like to win the game, uh, play the game at. But it's a tough old run of fixtures, I have mm. to say. You know, it's, yeah. it's three away games on the bounce. One of them is at Rangers, it's and then when, up. Who, what other business would give you basically close your close your premises three Saturdays in December? Dundee have got the, the next three kind. Saturdays. There's not been counted, Dundee. I, I, no. I, I said that to Alan. I said that, to be fair, Dundee have uh, taken a, a midweek fixture out because they played Livingston. They rearranged that fixture. And, and I, I worked for them because they actually got three points in that game. Uh, I just think at no time of the season yeah. should any club have three weekends yeah. in a row. Yes, yeah, I don't know how, 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 they, how they do it, Sam, and how it's all 
it's all a tallied up um, from a financial perspective at least when because i mean finances are a big thing when yeah. you get a run of away games at least from their perspective when they do open the doors again you've got a Aberdeen home celtic home those are big yeah. you know, potential yeah. money they get, they get, they get some, on the back of that Alan, they've got st johnston just yeah. after the new year so a dense as well so. but what you would say about those two games is when you're back at home after a, you would kind of uh, you know, no games are gimme in this division, but they're not the easiest. Uh, you no. know, I know Aberdeen are toiling a little bit, but you'd imagine when they turn their focus away from the, the European distractions and things, that'll probably be a period of time where Aberdeen are looking to build a bit of momentum as well. So those are two really tough games. A really tough run of five games, but, you know, at least Dundee are approaching them from a position of, you know, seventh in the table and, and looking, you know, relatively yeah. you know comfortable yeah. which is how you you would hate to be in livingston's position and looking at those five fixtures you know i, I think i mean uh, you'd bite your hand off yeah, if you of were of course at the start of the season for of this course position yeah you? and and the, and the way they've performed uh, we've said that do the belong they've ticked virtually all the boxes yeah. that i've asked for it since the start of the season so they can go and get a result in Motherwell. they've proved they can win on the road in the premier league interesting to see what Tony Dock does with the team because obviously Ricky Lamy can't play because he's on loan from Motherwell and, and who comes in um, at Livy I think he brought in the, the young lad Donnelly who, who, who did, did well he's you know on the left hand side of the defence so I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in but there may be changes elsewhere I thought mm -hmm. You know, he hasn't been slow to, to make a, to surprise us a couple of times with the changes he, he's made in the past, Tony Dock. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I mean, he, he, he does look to get, he's freshened up his team a wee bit, possibly. Um, obviously, he spoke about Josh Mulligan. But Which again, Beardo, we're in that bizarre position. Yeah. We've been very calm about that. And I mean, hey, everybody knows now I'm a Jim Goodwin fanboy, so I'm not yeah. going to switch, but... In Doc, we trust. Yeah. When he changes things, you, you don't you don't have that worry no. with him. I mean, I think it's very early days yeah. in his career as a manager, but he, he yeah, you has been excellent so far. You're allowed to like them both. Yeah. Them. It's not competition. No, I told you, you once slagged off the shirt <laughs> I wore. So yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a long memory with some things. <laughs> He's using the squad really well, and I, I, I've I've seen just just in the in this sort of you know his, his press briefings he's talked a lot about Josh Mulligan in recent weeks he's come back in I noticed the reserves played down at Livingston and they played a strong team but the one for nothing now, now Tom that tells me that everybody is bursting their gut to show the manager they want to get enough because you've seen we've seen in the past reserves were, were playing eight first team men and they go and it's a nothing's up draw or they'll lose the game and hey, Dundee's you'll take got, every bonus yeah. you can through yeah. the season you've yeah. also Davy Martindale's thinking yeah we're bottom of the league, and I've not got much, much to change here. Well, because look, look what my reserves did in the week. Nothing. Well, but even more from a Dundee point of view, there, I see reserve games can be you know dull yeah. and guys just stretch their legs. Dundee have obviously got their players mm -hmm. on the ball, saying, "Look, if you want to get into this first team, you've got to show all the time." That you, and Tony Dock said, the "Intensity and training is the same as it is on the park, which is great. You're seeing that on the park, but even so, a reserve fixture, they go down there, they, they get a few goals, so a couple of guys will maybe put themselves in the frame." For a start, I thought it is, I was really impressed with Charlie Riley on, on Saturday when he came on against Hibs. We've not seen enough of this lad. You know, he looks he's really, he, he, he's actually taller than I thought he was, which was good to see because, as I say, don't you have a few sort of guys who are, are maybe not the biggest? Mm -hmm. So he adds to that, but he looks as though he's got a lot of ability. He, 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 he keeps the ball well. He got another shot away on target. He scored a lot of goals in the mm -hmm. lower leagues. I think he may have a goal in him. It's just whether he can get himself enough game time to get get the sort of opportunities to give himself a goal. But they're all 
They're all look as though they're, they're, they're pushing hard to, um, to get into that yeah. first team. That's a great place for the manager to be. It's funny you should mention, you know, we're talking about effective wide forwards and, mm -hmm. and wide players in the, in the first part. And you would look at the goal record Charlie Riley has. And I don't care what division you're scoring your goals in. It's that suggests that he's got that knack about him mm -hmm. and the fact that in his limited times he's getting shots away he's laying on chances for you know own back mm -hmm. it suggests that he could be another one of these um uh, effective wide forwards yeah. and uh you also, you also fascinating brings, to see. well Dundee have been strong up the left hand side but Beck and, and Luke McCowan and Tiffany's come on up the left as well they've not been so, so strong up the right because no disrespect to John McGee he's not that sort of attacking mm -hmm. threat yeah. but you get you get guys like Mulligan back, Charlie Riley gets on song, then you're starting to get a balance back into that team. You, you can't play them all. There's, there's days when you're going to need guys like Jordan McGee playing, but there's other times when maybe maybe they can't afford to, to get a Riley or a Mulligan onto the park and, and look to do a bit more up that right-hand side. But it's, they've got a good, a good balance to them at this point in time. I mean, it's interesting. Two of the players that were just mentioned, Charlie Riley, uh, Luke McCowan, both, both have come in for praise uh, from Tony Doherty uh, over the past week or so. Uh, and it strikes me that the praise for Luke McCowan is, son, you're playing really well. The praise for Charlie Riley, I, I got a hint of, I think you're a really good player. You're not quite there yet. And you've got to believe it. Mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to get him in his head and yeah. say, you are this good son. Yeah. Go, go uh, what you say. I, you just get the impression with Tony Doherty, he thinks this, this boy's got it in him uh, to do what he's done at a lower level, at Premier League level. Well, as a, as a, as and a, a Kai Fotheringham situation, yeah. apparently, so we are really basically... Try to make him believe. Believe, and you see the benefit that Fotheringham has taken, he's just taken it on himself now, and, and he does believe, and you know, he's shown he's good enough to play. Charlie Riley's still got to get to that point. Luke McCowan, we know... We know Luke McCowan can play at this level. We saw it two years ago in the Premier League when he was scoring goals. Where you and I are on 5% of any future Luke McCowan concert. He may not know Luke that. McCowan. We've said that and he's produced that consistency this season. I've got to say they got a free kick on Saturday against Hibs in almost an identical position that he put one in. I heard that on the radio. I was like, it's a goal! I thought, I thought, if he puts this one in, he's getting sold before Christmas because this would <laughs> be another world day. But <laughs> I don't know how... He battered into the wall. I was, that was how he did. He hit the wall. But yeah. I, I was just ludicrous. But it's not like me to get carried yeah. away with a prediction. But I was almost celebrating yeah, well. the goal. <laughs> and then I was like, so... I was so disappointed in him. Yeah. He didn't score. But, you know, Dundee have just got to get themselves, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a setback. It's, yeah, Dundee can lose to Hibs at any yeah. time, you know, so... I've got, it, is it a setback? I mean, again, well, look at Dundee... It's a setback in terms of they've lost yeah, the game. They've lost the game. That's, that's always a setback. But, I, I mean, I look, and one thing I like about this, if I was to pick a difficult run of fixtures, this, this is how we do I, I don't want Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen... Uh, you know, one after the other. If Dundee maintain the, their pattern of the season so far, they'll get something from Motherwell. Probably then lose to Rangers, to be honest. But then they can go to Ross County and win. Get something from the Aberdeen game, lose the Celtic game. That's the way their season's gone so far. And, it's, it's, uh, uh, and, and the, the fans would probably take that. The manager yeah. would probably take it. And it all sounds good, but you've got to go and do it. Yeah, you've got, got to, to, you've you've got got to, to do it, that. Yeah. Yeah, and and as Alan said, I, I always think the teams below them have to win. Yeah, 
that's that's where mm-hmm. Dundee put himself in a nice position. The teams below them are now in situations where they're going well. You know, we're really needing the three points to yeah. get ourselves back on on track with Dundee because if we don't, then that gap is either going to stay the same or, or heaven forbid, the, well, you know, if Dundee win the games, that gap stretches and you're going in after the new year and Dundee have maybe got eight, nine points on a couple of, you know, teams that are, as I've always said, in their league this season. It's especially good when um, you play the way that Dundee play. Like you want yeah. teams to feel that they mm-hmm. need to attack you because Dundee are so good at soap. Well, they weren't great at it against Hibs, but I think their plan would have probably been soak it up and hit on the break yeah. and see if you get yourselves nice and early into a position where teams below you need to come at you. Perfect. That's what Tony Dock will mm-hmm. want because he's got guys that can uh, defend and spring. And um, it's, uh, as I alluded to earlier, I think it's a good position for you. Yeah, I don't think it's actually an accident. I mean, I watched Wolves at the beginning of the week, uh, even though they lost. A, a team were runners mm-hmm. with the ball at their feet. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any coincidence that, that Dundee, because they're a, a counter-attacking team, Tony Doherty's made sure he's got players, and that's why he'll, he'll love to see Josh Mulligan back. Adds that when Dundee break, it doesn't have to be pass, pass, pass. It can be a ball up to the front two, or you've got guys mm-hmm. in that team that can make up the ground by carrying the ball, which is always going to give the opposition something to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've seen that, that when the when the attack, although they're, they're sitting tight, the attack with purpose, and it's not just a, a long ball. Sometimes. When you've got wide players that are absolute whippets, I mean, I worked yeah. in the championship even with Dundee with, with, with Paul McMullen along a Charlie Adam, one Charlie Adam passing, yeah. Paul McMullen is, is through on goal. But Dundee, are, it's not that sort of breakaways that Dundee are, are doing this season. It's more, it is more structured and as much as the, the, when they when they've got the ball in defence, they're not lashing it away. They're looking to find Rudden. They're looking to find uh, Bakayoko. And certainly in, in Bakayoko's case, he's clever enough, he's holding the ball. No, no disrespect to Zach Run, but Bakayoko's mm-hmm. better at it. He's, he, he's holding men off and waiting for the runners to go beyond him and then springing from there. And, and they're very quick. They are very quick. Owen Beck, as we've touched on, can, you know, can cover 100 yards like a sprinter, the, the speed he can go at. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's all good. And it, it, it does suit Dundee. So we're talking about away games where it may suit Dundee a bit more, certainly. Mm-hmm. The Ross County game and the you know and the game on Saturday. Well, well, Rangers are a different kettle of fish altogether. But um, yeah, I might shoot Dundee a wee bit more, and uh, I, I hope it does. You know, and I I think that uh, you know this this run of games coming up before Christmas it's pivotal, not not for Dundee to to, to open up a huge gap on the team's rolling, but to maintain that sort of mid-table status that they've got. Yeah. They've, they've got a wee gap there. There's a, there's a four-point buffer. If they can keep that going into the, you know, just keep themselves in the middle and then spring again from January onwards, then, then they'll be in a, in a good place. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 as, as pleased as we've been with Dundee this season, even four points between now and the end of the year mm-hmm. keeps things going, keeps things ticking over, doesn't it? It does. It does. And that's what they've got. To be fair, that's what they've... That's what we said right at the start of the season. What you can't afford in, in the Premier League, we've seen it in the past with Dundee, where you go six games and you only pick up one point. And it's a disastrous yeah. run. They, they, they get nothing. But they've shown this. I don't see that happening, Tom. I mean, even, I mean last week they lost to Hibs, but on another day they could have beaten Hibs. On another day mm-hmm. they, they maybe probably deserved a point. I would say they just gave themselves too much to do against Hibs. But 
they look very much a Premier League outfit defensively. I think that they could maybe do a wee bit more in attack, but while they've got that defensive solidity, you know, with Carson, the two centre backs, um, Owen Beck, you know, on, on the right hand side, we're, get, we're getting a shift as well out of Portales and, and, and Jordan McGee. You know, they, they look pretty solid to me. So I don't see them suddenly, you know, crumbling into a team that you're panicking every time a long ball is punted up the park, which is where they've been in the past. I don't see that happening. So there should be points in there for them. Ideally, like you say, four point isn't a bad return. Seven points would be great. One point, that would start to concern you over, over the next few games. Well, that's everything covered, lads. Well done. And I'd like to thank George for his enormous contribution. That's what you get, that's what you get for winning against United in the Cup. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, 